are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Right, take your Bible tonight and turn with me to Revelation chapter number 19, the last book in your Bible, the book of Revelation chapter number 19. It's been good to be in church here on a Wednesday night. It's good to see the young men from the Bible College making their way in as well and appreciate them and appreciate the faithful folks of North Valley Baptist Church. Thank you for being here this evening. And I'm glad that God is on His throne, aren't you? I'm glad that it's not just a good song, it's a good truth. We are on Always have been, always will be. Since we got hooked up with Jesus, we're on the winning side. Revelation chapter number 19, we'll begin reading in verse 11. And I'll read through these quickly because I want to read through chapter 20, verse number 4 tonight, just to give context to what we're speaking about. But let me say this, and I know it's Wednesday night, and I know it's the church family crowd and the Bible college crowd, but let me say this. If you're not saved, you're going to want to get saved tonight. You're going to want to get saved before Jesus comes back for the church. You who've heard the gospel, you're going to want to get saved if you're not. You say, well, I made a profession. I'm not talking about just saying a flippant prayer at an altar. I'm talking about if you're not born again, you're going to want to get saved tonight. Look with me at Revelation chapter number 19. And uh, let's stand if you're in the tens. I know, I know you're probably all cozied up there, but would you just stand with me? And we'll read the Word of God together. And I tell you this, I really want God to speak to us tonight. I want God to let us see it. I want Him to let me see it. I'm glad that Jesus is coming again. But I'm also glad that He's not just coming again, but He's coming again after He comes again. And He'll come for the church in the clouds, but one of these days He's going to come back to this earth and He's going to rule and reign as King. Revelation chapter number 19, verse 11, the Bible said, And I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sat on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And if you never say amen, 
This probably be where you want to start saying amen. Thank you. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he may be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones and they set upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. One of these days, Jesus is coming. He's coming in the clouds to rapture you and I who are saved, to take the church from earth to eternity. We'll miss out on judgment and we'll get glory. After that, seven years will ensue of tribulation upon the earth. At the end of that seven year of, years of tribulation, Christ will come again. This time, every eye shall see him. He won't just come into the atmosphere. He'll come all the way to the Mount of Olives. He'll touch down upon the earth. He'll destroy the armies of the Gentile nations. He'll destroy the army of the Antichrist. He'll throw the false prophet and the Antichrist into the lake of fire. He'll bind the devil, as we just read. He'll cast him into a bottomless pit. And he'll take the throne, and Jesus shall be king. I think tonight, though it can be confusing and though it's a lot to wrap our head around in one message, I think I can summarize the entirety of Bible prophecy with two words. Here's the two words. How do you discern prophecy? Here it is. Jesus wins. For a little while tonight, I want to preach on that thought. Jesus wins. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for power to preach. I pray you'd fill me with the Holy Ghost of God so I can preach and be effective. I pray you'd help your people tonight. Help us to understand no matter the outlook, the uplook is good. Thank God you win. Because you win, we win. I pray you'd stir us in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Dr. Pentecost said to that to which all Scripture looks forward and to which all history presses is the second advent of the Lord Jesus Christ to the earth. If you make a study of Baptist preaching from 50 years ago and earlier, it is very common to find them preaching sermons on the subject of Christ and His second coming. The Bible prophesies of that more than anything else. The earliest Christians preached on that more than anything else. And the truth remains true in our day. In the future, King Jesus is coming back to earth. And when Jesus comes, Jesus wins. One day the Lord Jesus Christ will come back bodily to this world. In the rapture, I said, Jesus will come in the clouds for the church. But at the close of the tribulation period, Christ comes to, the, or to earth a second time. He'll destroy his enemies and claim his throne. And when he comes, Jesus wins. One day the feet that walked the streets of Nazareth as a youth will again touch down upon the earth. And when they do, Jesus wins. One day those feet that walked across troubled waters will again walk the ground of earth. And when they do, Jesus wins. One day those feet that were anointed with precious ointment and washed by the hair of Mary will again touch down upon the soil of this world. And when they do, Jesus wins. One day those feet that were pierced by Roman nails are going to plant themselves upon the Mount of Olives. And when they do, 
Jesus wins. One of these days, Jesus is going to leave eternity and come back to earth. And when he does, Jesus wins. In our world today, it would look as though everything's falling apart. But you and I who are students of the Bible, we know better. We know things are not falling in part, but I'm glad to report tonight things are falling into place. They seem to be falling apart morally. They seem to be falling apart politically. They look to be falling apart spiritually. But I'm glad there's nothing in the plan of God falling apart, but everything in God's plan is falling into place. One of these days, the dust is gonna settle. And one of these days, the smoke will clear. And when the dust settles and the smoke is cleared, you'll find out Jesus wins. Jesus came to Bethlehem in the cradle. Jesus went to the cross in Jerusalem. Jesus is now at the right hand up in heaven. One of these days he'll come in the clouds for the church. But thank God one of these days Jesus will come back to this world and he's going to rule and reign as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I want to tell you tonight church no matter what goes on in the world around us the day is coming when Jesus wins. We're living in days right before the rapture. We're on the cusp of the rapture. We're on the threshold of the the rapture and the Bible says that as the rapture approaches perilous times shall come but that ought not shake us that ought to stir us because perilous times are what clarify and classify the last days and we know our redemption draweth nigh you can read the newspaper and see we're in perilous times you can look at social media and see we're in perilous times you can watch the news and see that we're in perilous times but can I say that does not make me blue that does not get me down that does not make me discouraged that sort of stirs me up a little bit because one day soon Jesus is coming in the clouds I'll trade out judgment for glory I'll trade out earth for eternity I'll trade out here for up there and thank God I'll be at home with my Redeemer we're living in perilous times but we're living at the point of the rapture Jesus is coming again But that's not the last time Jesus will come down from heaven. In the rapture, Jesus comes into the atmosphere to call Christians up. But after the tribulation, Jesus comes back to take the devil's kingdom down and to rule as king. When we consider the second advent, you have to remember that the second advent is in two parts or two phases. I taught on this a few weeks ago. The first part deals with the rapture of the church, a spiritual body. But the second phase deals with Israel, a physical nation. The first part takes place before the tribulation period. The second part when Jesus comes as king takes place at the close of the tribulation period. Today we're living dispensationally in what is called the church age. And God is dealing primarily with his church. But after the church is raptured out of here, God will again deal primarily with his chosen nation of Israel. When the fullness of the Gentiles is come, then God will turn his attention back to the apple of his eye. Now let me say this for you Bible college students especially, that the church has not replaced Israel. The church is not Israel and Israel is not the church. God has not cast off his people forever. Israel still the apple of God's eye. There's this false doctrine that floats around called replacement theology. It's 100% replacement and 0% theology. I want you to understand that God is not done with Israel. They're two distinct
think thinks. And until you learn how to rightly divide your Bible, you're going to get caught up in bad doctrine and foolish teaching. Can I say Israel is a physical nation. The church is a spiritual seed. Israel is promised earthly inheritance. The church is promised heavenly inheritance. Israel waits for national redemption. Tonight we rejoice in our spiritual redemption. So don't miss it. The church is not Israel and Israel is not the church. When we talk about the tribulation period, we're talking about a time when God is dealing primarily with the nation of Israel. And that should be encouraging because it reminds us that we won't go through one split nanosecond of the tribulation period before one second ticks off the face of the tribulation time clock. We're going to say goodbye world, goodbye. For the first three and a half years of the tribulation, there is relative peace. It's called the beginning of sorrows. But the closing three and a half years of tribulation marked the time of Jacob's trouble when the Gentile nations and the Jewish people will endure tribulation like never experienced before upon the earth. There's going to be famine. There's going to be disease. There's going to be plagues. There'll be earthquakes and wars. Inflation will be out of control. A large percentage of the world's population, both animal and human, will die. But remember this, Jesus is going to win. One day in the future, the church will be taken out and there'll be revealed a man that comes to power over both religion and politics. The Bible said he rises out of the sea. He's shrewd and savvy. He's suave and well-spoken. He'll become the darling of the political scene. But don't forget it, Jesus is going to win. This Gentile politician will come preaching peace and unity. But his design is division and destruction. He'll exalt himself above all men. He'll demand to be worshipped as though he were God. In the wake of his coming will be all manner of horrible happenings bringing devastation and death upon the world. But I want you never to forget that in the end, Jesus is going to win. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians and said, Be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. This son of perdition is also known as the dragon. He's also called the beast. He's also known as the Antichrist. When the Antichrist comes on the scene of this world, he'll come riding a white horse. He'll come with his sword sheath, offering peace. He'll say peace, peace when there is no peace. Can I say ever since the first politician ran for the first office they've come promising world peace. They all run on that platform of peace. But I want to serve notice peace cannot come through diplomacy and peace is not a policy. Peace is only found in a person and his name is Jesus Christ. The Antichrist comes promising equality and prosperity, but his policies bring poverty and famine. The Antichrist calls himself a person of faith. He claims to be religious, but his prophet is a false prophet and his religion is apostate. In the closing years of the tribulation, all chaos and catastrophe is poured out upon the earth. But don't forget it tonight, child of God, in spite of it all, Jesus will 
win. Satan controls the finances, but Jesus wins. Satan controls the food, but Jesus wins. The false prophet controls the faith, but Jesus wins. The Antichrist, one day will walk into the temple, fulfilling the prophecy of Daniel and the prophecy of Jesus, and he'll set himself up as the abomination of desolation and call himself God. And when he does, know this, that the wrath of God will be poured out upon this world, and Jesus is gonna win. The slickest politician to ever step on the scene of the world has all power given unto him. All worship goes to him. He proclaims himself to be God. He exalts himself above the Almighty. The Gentile nations begin to worship him. Apostate Jews begin to worship him, and they see who is like unto the beast, who can make war with him. I'd like to tell you who can make war with him. I'd like to tell you who's better than him. If you study your Bible, you'll find almost every passage that talks about the Antichrist also talks about the devastation and doom that's coming for the Antichrist. I tell you who can win. Jesus is going to win. Jesus comes out on top. Almost every passage reminds us of that. Now at this point in the tribulation, the faithful remnant of Israel flee toward the mountains. They find themselves the object of horrible persecution. The Bible refers to the last three and a half years of the tribulation as the time of Jacob's trouble. But don't forget it, Jesus is gonna win. The false prophet begins to perform miracles. The Bible said he rises up from out of the lamb, but he speaks like a dragon. He reminds me of Judas, who had kissed the very face of Christ while sentencing him to Calvary. He holds a big healing service, sort of like Benny Hinn does, and he heals the wounded Antichrist. He makes fire fall from the sky. Like Pharaoh's magicians in Exodus, he does wonders on behalf of the Antichrist. He lures the masses of the world into worshiping the beast with his signs and wonders driven Satanism. The religion of the day is satanic idolatry. Flesh is exalted. Uh, carnality is the calling card. They build bridges to every religion and yoke them all together as one. Millions become destined for hell and charter members of the synagogue of Satan because they refuse the gospel in the day of grace. But don't forget, with all of that hell breaking loose on earth, there's still a day coming when Jesus is gonna win. The Antichrist will bring all the powers of the world under his rule. He'll break his Middle East peace deal with Israel. He'll turn the world against the Jews, but Jesus is gonna win in order to buy and sell. You have to take a mark legislated by the beast, but Jesus is gonna win. That mark will be legislated as social justice and a route to equality for all the citizens. You get the mark and you'll have it made. You'll find out that one loaf of bread is going to cost you an entire day's wage and you'll only make enough to feed yourself and your family will starve to death. Woe unto them that give suck in that day. It's going to be a bad day. But don't forget in the end, Jesus is going to win. The false prophet exercises power. The false prophet makes them worship the bees. The false prophet calls fire down from heaven. The false prophet does great wonders. The false prophet makes an image of the bees talk as though it were alive. But that doesn't change the fact that a day is approaching when King Jesus comes. And when he comes, Jesus is gonna win. Can you imagine a world where the influence of God is removed? You think it's bad now. This is bad preaching, but it's or rather good preaching, but it's bad English. You ain't seen nothing yet. Imagine a world with no still small voice. 
Imagine a world with no comforting comforter. Imagine a world with no convicting prick. Imagine a world with no calm reassurance. Imagine a world with no touch or evidence of the sweet Holy Spirit. That's what life is going to be like in the tribulation period. But thank God there'll be a day when Jesus wins. In the tribulation, Satan will be in power, but Jesus is going to win. The Antichrist will be dictator, but Jesus is going to win. The false prophet will be pope, but Jesus is going to win. Every policy, every ordinance, every area of life is controlled by the devil, but not for long because Jesus is going to win. For the se- for a season, the devil will have his day. For a season, wickedness will swallow up the world. The remaining Jews will be forced into exile. Jerusalem will be held captive by hell itself. But don't forget, the summation is this. Jesus is going to win. God begins to execute judgment. He drops his sickle down to thrust the tares and he readies his feet for the wine press. The seals have been opened. The vials of his wrath have been poured out. The trumpet judgments take place. They pronounce woes upon this world. As you study the book of Revelation, you find there's 21 or so specific judgments that will happen during the tribulation period. Some just last several months. Some last several years. Some last throughout different durations of the tribulation. But don't forget this. If you miss the rapture and you stay behind during that period it's a time of awful and awesome judgment 12,000 men from every tribe of Israel will be sealed and commissioned to preach those 144,000 Jewish witnesses preach the everlasting gospel in a world gone to the devil amazing grace of God there'll be some folks that get saved out of every kindred tongue and nation but they'll ultimately have to die for their faith war will ravage the world but Jesus is going to win famine will torment the people but Jesus is going to win it'll take a day's wage to buy a loaf of bread I said but Jesus is going to win the economy is going to collapse but Jesus is going to win the prices will be out of control but Jesus is going to win a quarter of the world's population is going to die but Jesus is going to win a third of the ground will be cursed but Jesus is going to win a third of the waters will be cursed but Jesus is going to win a third part of the sea shall be cursed but Jesus is going to win a third of the stars shall be smitten and they'll fall from the heavens a large percentage of the animals and the humans on earth and the vegetation will be destroyed but listen to me tonight Jesus is going to win men will gnaw their tongues for pain they'll blaspheme God in their delusion suddenly a third part of the sun will be darkened and the days will be shortened to about 16 hours the rotation of the earth shall be spit up upon his access smoke will proceed out of the bottomless pit and that smoke will cast a shadowy looming haze upon the creation men shall grope in darkness oh but there's a day coming when Jesus is gonna win the Euphrates river will dry up preparing the way for the armies of this world to gather in Armageddon locusts will swarm from out of the smoke that proceeds from the bottomless pit and for five months they'll bite and sting humanity but Jesus is going to win. The environmentalist and tree hugger is going to watch in horror as their little G God is destroyed by the big G God of heaven. Four angels are loose from the Euphrates River. 200 million horsemen ride to torment humanity. Their breastplates are brimstone fire and chasing. They ride horses with the head of a lion and a tail like a serpent and fire proceeds out of their mouth. Humanity stricken with disease 
increase, wars increase, earthquakes happen in diverse places. Men want to die, but death flee. If you're not saved, you're going to want to get saved before Jesus comes. You're going to want to get saved before this night is over. Don't go to hell from here. Don't go to the tribulation from this place. Don't forget, you can snub your nose at salvation, but Jesus is going to win. The Jewish remnant is going to have to endure until the end. They're going to be hated and hunted. They'll be tormented and targeted. They'll congregate in caves and hide in the hills. Two-thirds of those Jews will be martyred for their faith. But regardless of that, listen, Jesus is going to win. Isaiah 66 tells us all of Israel shall be saved as though they were a single man. Their sins will be purged. They'll be justified and cleansed. And Jesus is going to win. Two witnesses appear from heaven. They prophesy 42 months. Possibly they can be Moses and Elijah. They have power to shut up heaven. They can turn water into blood. They can cause pestilence upon the earth. Fire comes out of their mouth to devour their enemies. After 42 months, the beast will rise up and kill the two witnesses and let their bodies lie dead in the street of Jerusalem for three and a half days. After three and a half days, those dead bodies are brought back to life again and they ascend to heaven. When they ascend up to heaven, suddenly an earthquake shakes the city of Jerusalem. One-tenth of the city falls and 7,000 men die in the city. Suddenly a voice rings out from above and angel shouts, the end is at hand. Adam forfeited his dominion of earth to the devil when he sinned in the garden of Eden but Jesus bought back the title deed when he shed his blood upon Calvary and now he's coming back to take what is rightfully his Jesus is gonna win the day is at hand when iniquity will be dethroned and righteousness will be thrown Jesus is gonna win the time is approaching when the government is gonna be upon his shoulders and Jesus is gonna win the throne of David is gonna be occupied by the heavenly David and Jesus is gonna win. Picture the scene tonight. If you're here tonight and you're lost, you didn't come a minute ago, you come now. Please don't wait, don't put it off. If you're not saved, you must get saved before Jesus comes. Picture the scene. The armies of the world are gathered together for battle. They've come from the four corners of the earth. The armies of Antichrist are assembled. A confederate force of ten kingdoms, or I could say Ten united nations are prepared for battle. Soldiers lined up as vast as the sea and as thick as the desert sand. They march toward Jerusalem, but they stop and meet for battle in a place called Armageddon. Half of Jerusalem is overtaken by warring armies. On earth at the scene of carnage, death, and devastation, the valley of Jezreel is strewn with dead soldiers. The devil is having his day, but Jesus is going to win. The Antichrist has enjoyed his power, but Jesus is going to win. The false prophet has deceived his masses, but Jesus is about to win. It's about to be down with the devilish dictator and up with the righteous king. The Antichrist had appeared upon a white horse offering false promises, but now another one. 
shepherds on a white horse whose name is Faithful and True. What is that sound I hear? I can hear the chariots rumble. I can see the marching throng. The fury of God's trumpet spells the end of sin and wrong. What's that sound? The king is coming. The king is coming in heaven. The marriage supper of the lamb has just concluded. The bridegroom has been united with his bride. The bride has been wrapped in her robe of white. They've had the judgment seat of Christ and the redeemed have cast their crowns back at the feet of their redeemer. The announcement is made up in glory that the time has come for the Lord to inherit the earth and all of a sudden shouts ring out hallelujah and they echo down the halls of eternity. The last time Jesus stepped into Jerusalem he came riding in on a donkey with palms waving. This time he comes on a white horse with his saints riding shotgun. On earth it's been absolute hell but heaven's on the way. On earth it's been tribulation but truth is on the way. On earth it's been plagues but the prince of peace is on the way and when he comes Jesus is going to win. For so long the blood of martyrs has stained the soil of this world as evil men have taken the children of God and cast them into the lion's den and put them in the arena and held them in the stocks and burned them at the stake and drowned them at the river. But one of these days there's going to be a payday for sin and when Jesus comes he's not coming for Calvary. He's coming to conquer. This time when he goes to Jerusalem there's not going to be nails in his hands. There won't be thorns upon his brow. There won't be any spit on his face. But this time when Jesus comes there'll be a crown of righteousness upon his head. A scepter in his hand and a royal robe upon his back. Israel's looking for a king. They've longed for a king since David ascended his throne and now the king is coming. As you see in the book of Revelation the seventh angel pours out his vial and when he pours out that last vial a voice resounds in heaven and says it is done. Now John tells us what he saw. He said suddenly a door was opened in heaven. In Revelation chapter 4 John saw a door opened in heaven and the church went up. This time he sees a door opened in heaven and the church is coming back down. He looks up and he sees a door open and he sees suddenly a man on a white horse. The name of this rider is faithful and true. On his head are many crowns. He's wrapped in a vesture dipped in blood. He's called the word of God. In his hand is a rod. In his mouth is a two-edged sword. At his side are angels and those of us who've been saved. When Christ was our life shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. This is that day lived out in the Bible. Here he comes, the meek and lowly lamb, but now he rides into battle as the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's not coming to be sacrificed. He's coming to be sovereign and Jesus is going to win. The Jews had prayed it. The early Christians prayed it. They said, thy kingdom come, but now they don't pray thy kingdom come. Now they shout the king is coming. In Revelation 17, 14, the Bible says the lamb shall overcome them for he's the Lord of floors and king of kings. Jesus is going to win. The remaining stars fall from the sky. Men hide themselves in the rocks. Idols are thrown into caves. The enemy armies are killed by the word that comes out of this rider's mouth. The blood of the slain rises as high as the bridle upon a horse. The fowls of the world gather and pick at the bloody remains of those who dared to stand against our God. Can I say it's a bad day for the devil. The Babylonian system falls. The devil's world empire crumbles. The satanic church is destroyed. The antichrist and false prophets are thrown alive.
alive into a lake of fire, then that old demon devil, that old slew foot, Beelzebub, our accuser, he's taken and bound with a chain and he's thrown into a bottomless pit and thank God he can't break the band asunder. He's there till God lets him loose. Jesus has gone away. It is finished. The battle is over. It is finished. There'll be no more war. It is finished. Thank God he's a conqueror and our Jesus is Lord. The Jewish people had been weeping through a long night but they found out weeping just endures for a night and joy cometh in the morning. The darkness is gone and the sun of righteousness rises with healing in his wings. Israel's restored. Order's restored. The nations are judged. Peace is given. Israel gets their inheritance. The lion lays down with the lamb. The child plays by the adder's den. Jesus marches through that eastern gate. And as he walks through that eastern gate, he goes up into that rebuilt temple. And he sees that throne. That throne that was his from before the foundation of this world. He looks at that throne and there's no pope or potentate or devil in hell on that throne. But our Savior, our Redeemer, our Lord of Lords, our King of Kings marches in and takes what's his and he sits himself down upon that throne. Crown him with many crowns. The Lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. Awake my soul and sing of him who died for thee and hail him as my matchless King through all eternity. I can tell you Jesus is going to win from the book of Genesis. God promised it when he told the devil he's going to smash his head. He said Jesus is going to win. I can tell you Jesus is going to win when Pharaoh let God's people go. God was telling him Jesus is going to win. I can tell you Jesus is going to win when David killed Goliath with a stone. That was a message to the devil. Jesus is going to win. I can tell you Jesus is going to win when the walls of Jericho fell down. That was a message, Jesus is going to win. I can tell you Jesus is going to win when Nebuchadnezzar watched his kingdom fall. That was a message, Jesus is going to win. I can tell you Jesus is going to win when he was born of a virgin in Bethlehem. I can tell you Jesus is going to win when he said it is finished on the cross. I could have said Jesus is going to win when they buried him in a barred tomb. I could have told you Jesus was going to win when he stepped out of the grave on resurrection ground. I can tell you Jesus is going to win when he ascended back to the right hand of the Father. I can tell you Jesus is going to win when he promised to take me where he is. And I can tell you one of these days that our Jesus is going to be crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And when he does, Jesus is going to win. We're entering into days. Brother Martinez, won't you come? We're entering into days where we're going to be seeing a lot of things and living through a lot of things and hearing a lot of things they're going to preach to your heart. You're going to lose. You're going to see perverts put in office. You're going to see policy that is anti-God and anti-Christ and anti-church. You're going to see compromising churches love on and loathe these liberal politicians so they can get a pass. You're going to see folks fall out. You're going to see folks get sideways. You're going to hear things. You're going to see things. They're going to tell you you're going to lose. But that's when you go grab your King James Bible and you rub that in the nose of the devil and you remind the devil Jesus is going to win. I read the back of the book and we win. 
I'm not on the losing end. I'm on the winning side. Pilate took that sign and he nailed it above the, the head of our Lord. And mockingly he said, Hey, hail, King of the Jews. But one of these days, it won't be hail, King of the Jews in mockery. It'll be hail, Lord of all insincerity. Because God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We win. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.